Welcome to Sermons from St. David's, a ministry of St. David's Episcopal Church in Southfield, Michigan. It's a chance for us to share a good word of challenge, inspiration, and hope as we walk the journey of faith together. You're welcome to join us on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. for live in-person worship. You can also join our 10 a.m. Eucharist via Zoom. Just go to our website for the meeting ID and password at stdavidssf.org. And let's say it together, friends, our centering prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, may your will be done through me. You may be seated. And while you're taking your seats, I'm wondering if any of you have ever walked into a room, you've opened a drawer, you've started rummaging through the door, and you've asked yourself, what am I looking for in this drawer? I'm wondering how many of you have ever walked into a room and stopped and asked yourself, why am I in this room? I'm wondering how many of us here have ever walked into a room and said, what room is this? I'm seeing one or two hands. I'm not the only one to get sidetracked, to get off track every now and again. Of course, it happens with little things like this, but it also, of course, happens with bigger things. When I forget who I am and whose I am, when I forget God's promises, God's purposes, God's plan, God's projects for my life. And so today, the title of our message is a life of purpose. Some of us have come here today feeling kind of anxious. Uh, we're worried about bills, we're worried about our kids, we're worried about our jobs. Some of us have come here feeling a little bit angry. We're angry because somebody cut us off this week, somebody's not behaving like they should. We're angry at ourselves because we didn't live up to an expectation that we had. Some of us are here this morning, we're feeling exhausted or frustrated because the world's just not going in a good direction. There's division. I won't touch politics. There's all kinds of stuff that has us frustrated and exhausted. And I think a lot of these feelings can be amplified when we lose sense of our purpose. When we forget who we are, whose we are, God's hand on our lives, God's purpose through us. Now, one of my favorite books, I don't know if you've read it, I'm sure a number of you have, it's by an author named Viktor Frankl, and he survived World War II in the Nazi death camps. A Jewish man who lived while those around him starved to death, while those around him were tortured and beaten to death. And when he got out, he was a psychologist. When he got out, he wrote a number of books, my favorite, Man's Search for Meaning, in which he talks about somebody coming up to him and asking him, how did you get through the Nazi death camps? And he said, you can get through any how as long as you have a why. As long as you have a purpose, you can endure a lot of things. As long as our Christian purpose, as we know, is to love God, to love our neighbors, to follow Jesus, to follow his promises when he tells us he's going to protect us, he's going to comfort us, he's going to advise us that we know God is always with us. We know our purpose. We can get through anyhow. And so what does a life of purpose look like? I think a life of purpose does four things. First, it listens 
to God. Secondly, it obeys God. Of course, I think it always seeks God and it finds our comfort in God. And so I'd like to tell you a little story about uh, about my fun adventures this summer. Many of you have made fun of or commended me on my tan. It was well earned, I'll let you know that. But one of the things summertime often does is, is, is I, I tend to wear those stretchy shorts. And so I, I get to the fall and I try to put the pants on and they don't fit like they did back in, back in May. And so I decided to get on that keto diet for a couple, just a couple months. And so that means when you go into a restaurant, something like Leo's or someplace with a big menu, you only look at one or two things. You're concentrating on the cheese omelet, on the spinach dish, uh, maybe on a kale salad. And you keep focused on those few things that you can eat. Don't pay attention to anything else. The first task in living a life of purpose is to stay focused on God. Al just led us in a psalm, and the psalmist writes, I seek God continually. We are to seek God, friends, to live our life of purpose. We're to seek God in other people. We're to seek God in situations. We're to, to ask when things happen to us, where's God in that? We're to stop and keep our focus, not on the other menu items, because there's so many, right? There's our health, there are maintaining our households, there are our friends and other relationships. The life of purpose, means focusing, first of all, on God, seeking God with all our hearts. You know, I, I, I must say that whenever I go into the uh, doctor's office, my very favorite diagnostic tool they have is that stethoscope. Mary, do you carry a stethoscope when you're working? But you work around people who do. I find it fascinating to talk to doctors and they can put that thing in their ears and they can put it up to your chest and they can hear just about anything. They can hear if, 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 you've, if you've got uh, something going on in your lungs, you've got maybe pneumonia, you've got a heart murmur, you've got something that's, that's, uh, that's making you sick, they can figure it out with that stethoscope. The second step to living a life to purpose is being able to listen to God. It means being able to concentrate and focus on your heart just like that doctor with the stethoscope in a bit of a different way. I have a favorite author named Parker Palmer, and he says this. He says, I can't tell you which direction my life takes until I listen to what my life is telling me. When we listen, and remember, as you all well know, you teach me this lesson often. God talks to us in different ways. God talks to us through scripture. That's why I'm such a big advocate of the Bible. God talks to us through our community. God talks to us through our Christian friends. We all have stories about how God spoke to us. And our job, as we live lives of purpose, is to listen to God. You know, um, when I, uh, I, I'm wondering if some of you have ever met somebody who's very, very book smart. In other words, they do really well in school, but they come to school with two unmatching socks, right? They've got the street smart, they've got the book smarts, but not the street smarts. Anybody know anybody like that? Okay, that would be me, a freshman year of college especially, when I moved into my dorm. And I had this disease that a lot of freshmen get. My son kind of, kind of is, is coming down with it now too. It's called perma-hunger, right? It means that, that no matter what you eat, you are still hungry. Is, am I close? Am I close? 
Not really, okay, just because contradicting dad is also a big part of adolescence. So, 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 so anyway, I'm in freshman year, right, and I'm at the dorm, and my roommate has one of those little cookers, and I expressed to him my perma-hunger. I'm really hungry. He says, why don't you have some mac and cheese? I said, great. Uh, he said, I got a couple boxes of it. And I said, well, I have to confess, I've never made mac and cheese. And so it's easy. He says, you just follow these steps on the back of the box. You know, you boil the water, put the pasta in, you, you put the cheese and butter, and you're good to go. And I thought, oh, that's easy. Who needs the box? I tossed the box. I needed the box when I started putting the cheese and butter in with the water and the pasta. The third way we live a life of purpose is to obey God, obey God's commands, obey the rules as we see them. Our Romans lesson, I really love. Walter, you did a phenomenal job. Where'd Walter go? Did he move? There he is, handing out the stuff. I love that lesson. If you guys go home today, take your bulletin, meditate on that lesson today. It tells you the rules. Be kind, be generous, love your neighbor, and vengeance, it's God's. Don't return a hurt with a hurt. Let it go. Let it bounce off your back. These are the rules that Paul writes down for us. When we obey God's commands, we live a life of purpose. You know, one of my favorite cartoons, it's in the in one of my favorite magazines, it shows two fish swimming in a fishbowl. And the first fish looks at the other and he says, man, this water's kind of cold. And the second fish says, what water? Right? You see the idea that the first fish must have traveled around a little bit. The second fish is so at home, he doesn't even know that he's in water. The fourth step to living a life of purpose is to make your home in God to get all of your approval, all of your acceptance, not from other people, but from God. To feel at home in God's commands, in God's hands, in God, in, in, God's, in the disappointments we go through through the week. I know God is behind it, I, or I know God is with me through it, is a better way to put it. Knowing that living in God. You know, I, I had a call from a woman this week. She's attended here several times. We're good friends. She goes to another church. And she called, she said, you know, I want to get into this jail ministry. And, and my pastor is telling me that I shouldn't do it, that he wants me to go in some other ministry. I said, well, you do, do you feel called to that jail ministry? She said, I, yeah, I do feel called. And I said, you know what? Even pastors can be wrong. I know it's hard to believe. But when you feel called by God to do something, do it. Don't wait for the approval, the acceptance of other people. God has given you a dream. God has given you a desire. God has given you gifts. God has given you direction. Nobody can do everything. I drove by the GM uh, test track in Milford yesterday, and I was reminded that GM, do you know how big that thing is? Man, that is huge. That is, uh, that, 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 that's emblematic of arguably the biggest car company in the country. But you know what? Most people don't drive GMs. Most people have a smattering of other cars. Okay, your gifts, your call, your specific way in which God has embedded a dream in your heart is for you. Live in God, that place where God will approve you. God will accept you. You know, I think that the best example we have of living a life in pur of purpose is found in our gospel this morning. 
You know, last week we heard that story of Jesus going up to Caesarea Philippi. Those of us, raise your hand if you've been there before. Some of us, Jan's been there. Some of us have been on that Holy Land trip. And Caesarea Philippi is at the headwaters of the Jordan River. And over the centuries, there have been a lot of religions going on up there. I mean, there's been a lot of funky stuff going on there. And we found ourselves up there and the same place that Jesus turned to his disciples and said, who do you say I am? Some said, you're a prophet, apostle of God. Peter jumped in and he says, you are the Messiah, the son of God. And he goes from worst to first, gets an A plus, becomes the golden boy of the day, feeling real proud until we read today's scripture, right? And what happens with Peter there? Jesus lays out his plan. Jesus says, this is my plan. This is my purpose. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to be put to death. But then I'm going to raise from the dead. Peter, of course, feeling like, well, I'm the golden boy here. Jesus, you know, you always come to me for advice now. I don't want you talking like that. And Jesus, of course, turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. Don't get in the way of my purpose. Sometimes we have to act the same way when we're called to do something. And so in, in telling Peter to get behind him, he also gave advice to those disciples, those apostles, and gave advice to you and me as well. When he said, deny yourself, take up your cross, sign your bulletin covers, and lose your life to gain it. Now, what does that mean? One of the more vexing problems you and I face today is the problem of poverty in this country. At any given moment, the U.S. populace seems to be totally fine with 10 to 20% of our fellow Americans in horrible poverty. Not enough to eat, horrible health care, horrible education, terrible place to live. Many, many problems. And yet, I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat. We seem to put up with 10 to 20% of those folks not doing real well. When Jesus says, lose your life so that you might gain your life, I think he's getting at the idea that perhaps we need to lose that life that doesn't care about those 10 to 20% and gain the life that says I have compassion and empathy and care for the folks who are not doing well. Now, I'm not judging anybody. I'm, I live in the same society everybody else does. But when I look at women's right to vote, when I look at civil rights, and I look at people whose attitudes had to die in order for life to come about, I wonder how God is asking you today to die so that new life might come, to die to the selfish person so that the generous person might emerge, to die to the apathetic person that the more sympathetic person may emerge. This is what Jesus is getting at. I believe that as you and I live into our purpose, the purpose in which we seek God with all our hearts. We listen to God, making time in the day to do that regularly in the ways that we obey God and God's commands and in those ways that we rest in God. I believe we will be able to tackle these problems. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody here, maybe more than one, is called up to live that life of newness, that they might deny themselves so that new life might come. And I wonder if I can get an amen for that this morning. Thanks so much for listening. And may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good 
that you may do his will, working in you that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.